Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the Habits of the Home Advent podcast. Um, we're here in your home. In my home. Thank you so Welcome. much. For, oh, thank you so much for, for having us up here. Don't today. act like you're not here all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm part of the furniture here. Uh, the past two episodes, we have, I guess, unpacked this mm-hmm. book together. We've talked through the shape of this book and also the daily rhythm of it. But today, we want to, I guess, widen the scope a little bit of the conversation to talk a little bit about the atmosphere around using this book in our homes as we build this rhythm of blessing each other in the mornings, of having time together for scripture and prayer and liturgy and lighting candles, and then also blessing each other as we go to bed. But we wanted to talk a little bit more about the atmosphere that we're wanting to create. So Dana, whenever you think about Advent, whenever you think about leading your family alongside Andy in this home, this Advent, what kind of atmosphere are you guys wanting to create for your kids and also for yourselves? Yeah, that's a really good question. Before I answer that, though, I was curious to ask you, how is Advent going for you? Like, you've been doing the liturgy, the readings. How's it going? It's it's going okay. Yeah? Doing this with... So, Eliza turns four months old tomorrow. Yeah. So, trying to do anything... In the context of a home with a four-month-old kid is interesting. Yeah. Um, we we are trying our best, and we are loving the morning and the evening blessings. This is where we're able to uh, say good morning to each other and bless each other. And we have, on most days, been able to uh, take some time to light a candle, to say the liturgy, to read scripture together. Um, the, for me, the most significant moments, though, have been... The moments at that at the end of the time together, whenever we're just able to pray for each other, just yeah. lay on hands and pray for each other, and yeah, so I think I've really appreciated just that moment in our day, even though it is pretty chaotic and it's way more rushed, yeah, than we would hope it would be. But we've really enjoyed just yeah. taking time to be able to do that. What yeah. about for you guys in here? Yeah, well, okay, Cha- chaotic, sure, but I had a little sort of thought that if I wake the children up and do it like first thing, they're still very sleepy. So I'm very calm. <laughs> so it's much more chill. That's it. But the way that I get them out of the bed is I say that they can have a chocolate from the advent calendar after we have finished. Nice. So there's a little bit of a, I don't know, is that bribery? Yeah, I maybe. just like to think of it as a payoff. Yeah. Like a, you know, a fun thing. But do you know it's been really good? I'm just back from Estonia of yeah. all places. Yeah. So it's kind of gutted to be leaving so early in Advent before we really set the the rhythm. Sure. But something really sweet happened. Um, the kids phoned me, and we did it over FaceTime. Amazing. And I was so I was in my hotel room with my Advent book, and cool. we did it. And they're really enjoying sort of greeting each other with the morning blessing. Oh, brilliant. And they've decided that they have to be touching each other when they say it. So it's really that's really sweet. It's really cute. Um, but yeah, do you know what? It's really good. It, it was like clunky. Yeah. Before, like we're learning, we're learning like how to say it, the rhythm. Absolutely. And every time we do it, it gets a little less clunky. So I guess I kind of wanted to encourage people, anybody who was like, wait a minute, this doesn't look like I thought it was going to look like in my head, just to give it a bit of time and totally. give and yourself it, a bit of grace. I think that's the thing of this is a habit that we're wanting to repeat over and over again. And the more that you repeat it, the more you'll get used to it and the more it'll just flow naturally. So it's really good. So talk to us about the atmosphere that you're wanting to create in your home. Yeah. This advent. I mean, 
one of the things that I've learned this past year that actually Andrew sort of don't tell him, but I learned it from him. Sure. I don't ever tell him these things. All right. um, <laughs> not that we're recording this or anything. No, no, he'll not hear it. No, I'm just kidding. Is to ask myself, what's my end goal here? Sure. And it's a really important question to ask yourself because it helps you decide how to go about doing something and what's important right. and what's not important. You know, what are the hills you're going to die on and yep. what are you going to let go? And so for me, that idea of like, what am I trying to accomplish in my home this Advent? And is it a realistic goal? Right. <laughs> you sure. know, um, there's some things that I want to happen that maybe might be better when my kids are teenagers or whatever. So for me, and I'm simplifying it, um, I want peace yeah. in my home. That isn't the same thing as quiet. Sure. <laughs> but I want peace in my home. Sure. And I want to really just sort of cultivate that sense of togetherness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that that togetherness is marked with, I like you. I want to be around you. And so for me, setting the atmosphere begins with very simple things. Mm -hmm. um, I have to remind myself about kindness, actually. Um, sure. I am not great in the mornings. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. And so I get up a little bit earlier than everybody else so that I can have a, a moment right. to find myself. And I don't like getting up early, by the way. Sure. Like, I, this isn't like I'm a morning person. Yeah. I'm getting up earlier because I'm not a morning person and I'm Excuse giving myself a little bit of time to have a little chat to myself yeah. um, and setting my intention on being kind um, to myself and to everybody in the family. But there are other things that sort of help me to set the atmosphere in my home. I am, I used to say I'm one of those humans that is very affected by their external space and now I think that's just actually just being human. 100%. I think we all are. I don't think we're all aware how affected we are by our external world, um, but we all absolutely are. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me, there was like this meme going around on wherever memes go around on where uh, this guy's just living his regular life. And then the first couple of bars of Mariah Carey's I Don't Want a Lot for Christmas or All I Want for Christmas yeah. comes on and his whole demeanor changes. The next time you see him, he's completely in like a Santa outfit, you know? And I'm like, that is exact. That's the power of the external. Absolutely. Like just hearing something or smelling something or seeing something yes. or feeling something yes. will sort of cue you cue your inner world right. like there's something different happening Absolutely. right now right so yeah for me that moment that I start to decorate the house that yeah. I put up the tree um that I light, start lighting my candles mm -hmm. I don't just light candles for advent I light them all throughout winter sure and I light them in the morning when I get up there's just something about setting that atmosphere that cues my internal self to say we're going to slow down yeah we're going to really take this in yeah so i'm pretty serious about those things music is the other thing right um it's kind of obvious for me because i am a musician but i think everybody i don't you don't have to be good at music to be um affected by it in the same exact way i think everybody is probably as affected by music as i am Absolutely. what kind of music now that's different but, I mean, you, 
mm. you love I, like you're not a musician no, but definitely not you'd be hard pressed to find someone who loves music more than you do so you know exactly what i'm talking about for me music well a life without music would be really sad <laughs> you know and i think i love listen well i love listening to music i, I love um there's a bit of a joke that goes around about my love of making a playlist. Oh, you love a wee playlist. It's like making a mixtape for people. Like, I, I just love it. For me, you know the way I think a doctor dreams of being on a flight and then somebody gets sick and they're like, hey, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor? Yeah. I think I have this sort of dream that somebody just screams out, does anybody have a playlist? And I'm able to <laughs> respond to like, yeah, I got one. And then just play it. Uh, so I, I do love, uh, I love music. I love making playlists. I love, particularly because I love setting the atmosphere yeah. in my home. So if, for instance, you know, Emma and I are chilling at home and then you know, like the, the music that you choose in that moment is yes. really important. Really important. There's no point putting on like a big drum and bass track or whatever. No. Like you want to play something that's super chill. And so it, I do think you need to be intentional about that. And Absolutely. I do love that. And for me, this season, well, the music of the season is just so rich. Yeah. And for me personally, I love Advent and the music that, we get to listen to because it draws me to music that I wouldn't normally listen to throughout Absolutely. the year. Like I love gathering together with our community every Sunday to sing hymns, to sing worship songs, but you wouldn't find me driving in my car listening to that kind of music. However, whenever it comes to this time of year, like I love listening to ancient hymns, to carols, just because they are so rich. I don't think that there is a greater song than Oh Holy Night. Oh um, so I love listening to stuff like that. I also do believe that um, the opening bars, is this is that the right word? Yeah. For um, Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song. Oh. For me, that's my Mariah Carey moment. That yeah. is, right, okay, it is now Christmas time. I thought about you. I was in Helsinki mm -hmm. right. airport. And that came on. Come on. And I was like, Stu loves the song. <laughs> I love that song. I love, and there is, so for me, whenever it comes to this time of year, you know, in our home, you will have the Charlie Brown Christmas album being yeah, played. Absolutely. You will have Ella Fitzgerald, Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas. Like that kind of stuff for me just helps set the atmosphere, which yeah. it's just, I just think it's so important. I think it's really cool to hear you talk about your passion for music and playlists because we did make playlist for yeah. people to go along with this uh advent book and it, sometimes i think people think oh, oh okay what a okay sure. you know but it actually is a super important thing we did it because we want to help people set the atmosphere absolutely in their homes and so you have uh four different uh, yeah. playlists actually yeah one of them is called Expectation, mm. which has become the one I listen to first thing in the morning. Sure. I put that on when I'm having my Dana be a nice person today. Yes, moment. before the kids get up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it switches to your worship playlist when mm. the kids are up and we're all in here, you know. And so I just think that it's important when we talk about setting atmosphere in our home, not to walk past those obvious things. Right. Because the atmosphere in your heart is directly affected by your external atmosphere. It just really is. Absolutely. You know, there's no there's no arguing about it. So you might as well go ahead and light a candle and put on a good playlist. And I do believe that your internal world follows yeah. your external well, world. To talk a little bit more about music, because I know that you guys with your kids have been on a bit of a journey around hymns 
in recent years. So Andy and I would talk about this often, where as people who teach the Bible and preach on Sundays, people enjoy our talks, but in 20 years time, they'll not remember anything that we would have said. Never mind. Well, maybe even 20 minutes later, they won't really remember what we said. But that it's really different whenever it comes to worship music, and yeah. particularly with rich, deep hymns. Absolutely. Where the songs that I would have sung as a kid, I still find myself repeating Absolutely. over and over again. And there's something about whether it is you know, come thy finds of every blessing or amazing grace yeah. or be thou my vision or whatever that those kind of songs they stick with you and Absolutely. they and there's something about music that forms us Absolutely. probably more than most things i think so Stuart. Talk i really do i well we have been on a journey about this and and it i'm at a place right now and i'm still unpacking this but i truly believe that music is one of heaven's loudest messengers, mm. right? When I was growing up, mm. we were taught all about uh, our history as black Americans. And one of the things that I loved about that story was our relationship to music. Yeah. And the old, as they call them, Negro spirituals were actually these, um, the, the closest things we had to hymns right. that were used in worship, also used to pass messages on to let people know when was a good time to escape, right. what road to take, you know, what time we were meeting and all that good stuff. Yeah. And when you think about like the history of music and how powerful it has been in, in those types of situations, you realize that it's not just a song. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so for me, the, the journey we've been on with our kids for the past few years is, um, I mentioned it uh, a couple episodes ago, the our relationship to hymns. Mm -hmm. And I do love our modern worship music and it definitely has its place in our home and there's some of my favorite um, songs and whatever. But there's something about passing on theology yeah. to our children through music Absolutely. that is really powerful. Yes. You, um, I was just reminded of a hymn I got to sing with uh, Kristen Getty, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go. Mm. And I was listening to the lyrics again, and um, one of the lines, um, oh, light that seekest me through pain. Like this idea wow. that the, the guy who wrote this uh, was actually in a lot of pain. He struggled with depression his whole life, yeah. and um, his mental health wasn't great. And he, so he wrote this song, oh, love that will not let me go. Right. And, it, you know, you realize that, these are powerful things that if you can teach them to their children, mm -hmm. they will show up later in life when they yes. need them. Yes. And so if you are trying, if your heart is to teach your children about the story of God, yeah. that in his immense love for us, that he would disrobe of his deity mm. and come and plant himself in, in the womb of a young woman, young girl, mm -hmm. And come to us as the most helpless of the human, the, the, the most helpless point in the human story yes. as a baby. Yes. And you're just like, I want my kids to understand that. Then yeah. don't just teach them the all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Teach them the silent night. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Teach them those old ancient Christmas hymns that tell the story 
And what's really great about hymns is that a lot of them were traditionally written by theologians. Absolutely. And so, which is very different now from how our worship music is written. Like the theologian isn't necessarily the worship leader anymore. Yes. But there was a time when the theologian was worship right the hymn writer absolutely and so that's why those songs are so packed with truth and they're packed with scripture yes do you know what i mean and so it's a wonderful way we talk about having our families interact with the word of god every day it's actually a wonderful way to have that um happen i was thinking and i have a question for you um you're in a new season in life you're a new dad yeah um, you've been doing this way of life for a long time, but now I feel like you're probably rediscovering it in a new mm. way. Yeah. What does it mean for you and for Emma to set the atmosphere of Advent in your home? What are you, are, are you discovering new ways? What does that mean for you? For us, well, what's been really interesting over the past couple of weeks since we have put our tree up, we've been lighting the fire more often. The thing about having a newborn is that life is hectic, but also life is also quite simple and slow. Mm-hmm. And we, in and around this time, normally, previously, our schedules would have been packed out with hanging out with lots of friends, hanging out with family, uh, doing lots of things, going out a lot. Whereas actually, there's something about this season that we find ourselves in where it does feel quite simple and slow. Yeah, We find ourselves in our living room a lot with the fire lit uh, listening to music and we're really enjoying that yeah we're really enjoying slowing down yeah and there's something and also enjoying being in our home yeah where for you know Emma and I we work hard life is pretty full quite often and so often home can just be the place that you just come and like you grab some food you then bounce out of yeah you're on your way to work and instead we are settling into our home a lot more and Eliza's really helping us with that of actually you know we need to we need to be here and so we're really enjoying the slightly slower pace to this it's much more simple and just yeah just enjoying being in our home with the simple things of the fire being lit with music being on with a couple of candles and with us, well, and also the sound of white noise, which is just, you know. Oh, I know all about the white noise. Like on all the time. I don't even <laughs> notice it anymore. There might be white noise on right now. I've become numb to it. But for us, I think there's something about we're just enjoying being here. And I was thinking about this last night, actually, where we have found ourselves pretty much in our front room, fire lit. But we're also looking ahead to, okay, what's spring going to look like? And then what's summer going to look like? Yeah. Summer will be the complete opposite. We spend most of our summers at the back of our house, yeah. kind of in and around our conservatory garden space. Lots of light flooding through. And I hadn't been in that room uh, for weeks. <laughs> and then it was in last night to get something. But I'm also really looking forward to then being out there a lot more in the summertime. And I think I'm beginning to really appreciate the seasons a lot more. And I think for me to be able to lean right the way into what Advent and Christmas offers us, to then be able to really lean into what summer and spring then offers us. So I'm really enjoying enjoying that part of it. And I think also for us, though, there is that thing of while, and we talked about this in previous episodes, but it's important to mention again that while we are doing this with Eliza, who really probably doesn't know an awful lot of what's going on, 
there's something of us looking at her and imagining what this will look like for her in the future. Yeah. And Emma and I are really, well, we're trying to really prioritize that at the moment. And that's what a lot of our prayers are about for her, yeah. around what God is doing in her that will set her up for the future. Absolutely. And so there is a thing of us leaning into Advent being a time of waiting, it being a time of us slowing down a little bit more and for us also looking ahead full of hope for the yeah. future which I think is what this season is all about for me uh, there's a there's a line from Dietrich Bonhoeffer where he says for the greatest most profound tenderest things in the world we must wait yeah. it happens not here in a storm but according to the divine laws of sprouting, growing and becoming. And there's something about, even though Advent does feel slower, yeah. it feels more reflective. That, I think, is what it is all about yeah. for us. And I think particularly for those of you who are raising kids that are maybe slightly older, mm -hmm. uh, maybe kids that are around your age, there is something about this season that it may feel slower, it might feel a wee bit weird and a little bit clunky, but actually helping them see that learning to wait for things yeah. is really important. So We live in an age, you and Andy talked about this a couple of weeks ago in church, where we live in an age that is dominated by just one click and then you're yeah. able to get your parcel pretty much the next day. And maybe it's because I'm a kid that grew up with dial-up or, you know, having to yeah. illegally download songs. Um, you know, it took 45 minutes to be able to download one yeah. track and now kids are disabled to put on Spotify and they yeah. have it in an instant. There's something about us teaching our kids that actually for the most important things, you need to wait. Yeah. And that's what life is all about. And this season offers us the opportunity to be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, our, while you were talking, you're right. One of the, my most special Christmases was Nor was born in November. Yeah. And so obviously Christmas came sure. shortly after. And the one thing I remember about that season in my life is how quiet yeah. and still it was. Yeah. And I wasn't doing Advent at that time, but it felt probably, it felt very Advent-y. I, I, right. I always tell right. families with who've just had their first child, like, do not skip past this part. Don't, don't always be out in these streets. Enjoy that sort Absolutely. of hunkering down yes. in that quiet part. Um, and there's a few families in our church who have just recently had babies. And so it's probably the easy, the wintertime is the easiest season to enjoy that. And Absolutely. so to really lean into that. And I was thinking like, um, there's different parts of the, of the story of the coming of Christ that coming the coming of the Christ child that we're all going to relate to. And so for, for you and Emma, as you're nursing, we, L and sitting in quiet you'll think to yourself, what was this kind of like what it was like for Mary and Joseph sure. as they held Jesus? Sure. And, and then for the family like ours, it's a bit more chaotic. I, I often think of, we sort of, we think of the story so peaceful and quiet all the time. Sure. But there were some, there were some animals yeah, yeah. making yeah. noises and doing all sorts of other things and smells and Absolutely. people in the house were probably yelling. And, yeah. you know, it. we have made it yeah. kind of like this, this sort of, Oh, gorgeous, lovely, perfect scene. But the scene was probably actually far more chaotic. Absolutely. Than we think. And so if you're in, if you're in a chaotic stage in your family, you just embrace that you're in that part 
of the nativity story, the unexpected, the interruptions, the what you thought it was going to be. I don't believe that Mary thought she was going to give birth where she gave Absolutely. birth. Absolutely. 100%. If that was the plan, you know. Um, I think of the families who have teenagers and maybe staring in the face of these teenagers going out into the world. Sure. And, you know, the unknown. And you just think Mary and Joseph, they probably thought constantly, what was going to happen after this manger? Right. Like, where were we going? Yes. How are we going to do? They had a lot of open-ended questions, a lot of things, the unknown. And so I just love this idea that we're all, we all need to do the work of find, finding where we are yeah. in this story and, and really hold on to that. If you're not in the quiet, I mean, I think about, I'm like thinking about you guys sitting in that house with this baby, smells so good and coos and laughs and... And I'm like, oh, to go back. But actually, that's not where I am. I'm in the yeah. chaos yeah, of yeah. the, the manger. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I am. Um, I, we've, we're talking a lot about sort of the atmosphere of the, the home itself. Yeah. Um, which we need to talk about. Yeah. Because that's important. But only because it leads to the atmosphere of our actual hearts. Yeah. And... I, I, I find Andrew and I find ourselves a lot following your lead and because you've you've done a lot of work on how to create a good atmosphere in your heart. Talk to me about what can we do to sort of guard the atmosphere. Okay, we've set the atmosphere. We've we've started the journey mm. through, you know, putting up the tree, lighting the candles, putting on the right music. Yeah. Um how do we guard the atmosphere of our hearts. And this, listen, we live in the world we live in. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I, there's no point complaining about it, but the reality is it is a lot of times in de- direct opposition to what we would like the attitude of our hearts to be. How do we guard that this Advent and just in life in general? Well, I think you're really, you, you've said something really helpful already, which is not being a morning person, having that moment for yourself yeah. to be able to, uh, I guess, wake up in terms of your whole being and to take some time to pray before you then go and bless other people. I think it's a really important piece of the puzzle, yeah. particularly whenever it comes to the atmosphere of our hearts. Because the danger is is that just because of normal life, but particularly in the lead into Christmas, everything gets super busy. Yeah. And, um, and there's a hurriedness that can take over our souls and that just dominates everything Absolutely. and uh, and busyness is the enemy of spirituality and life can be full and chaotic and all of that but there's a busyness to the soul that it's kind of it does violence to ourselves it kind of wrecks yeah. everything and i think we need to recognize that well we just need to slow down a little bit uh, thomas martin has this um phrase that he uses whenever he says that we live in the time of no room and he says that there is no room for nature, there is no room for quiet, there is no room for solitude, there is no room for thought, there is no room for attention. And I do think that we need to make the most of this time in helping ourselves slow down a little bit. Yeah. And I know that there is you know, parties for hosting and there are uh, friends to see and all of that, but I do think that for all of us, there is an excuse that we have to be able to get into our homes, to be able to slow down a little bit because of Advent. Yeah. Um, 
And that may mean that we may need to say no to a couple of things. Mm. But I think for ourselves, for our souls, but also for the people that we love and people that we do community with, for us to be able to approach them not in a hurried way, but in a way that is much more present. Mm. Um, I do think that we just need to be able to kind of pull back on a couple of things and find those moments in our day, like you're getting up that little bit earlier in the morning, just to be able to slow down a little bit, I just think is really, really important. I, I also do think though that there is something that Advent offers us the opportunity to experience, which is a sense of readiness. And I, I think the danger of Christmas is that it's just one big nostalgia trip. Mm. It's us trying to recreate nostalgic moments from the past. Mm -hmm. That is what Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is you is all about. It kind of takes us back to a previous experience or to a memory that we had. And yet there's something about this season and particularly the atmosphere of our hearts where we, I guess, are hoping for our kids and for our families that they come with a sense of expectation that God would do something new yeah. in this moment. And I think if all we do is just consume the same things that we have always done or rehearse the same things that we've always done, we will just end up with the same results. Right. Or maybe something goes wrong and then we're like, oh my goodness, Christmas is ruined. But instead, if we in our hearts have the sense of readiness that actually maybe God might do something new in this moment. Yeah. He might do something new this Advent. He might do something new this Christmas time. Um, I think we will get to experience him in a new way. And that's what these practices are all about. Yeah. It's us putting new things in place mm -hmm. so that we'll be able to experience God in a new way. Absolutely. And so I think if whatever you need to do to be able to slow things down a little bit, to prepare your heart slightly differently, but also to create a sense of expectation that God might do something new. I just think that's what's really important whenever it comes to this season. That's really good. I want to ask you a question mm -hmm. um, as we begin to wrap this up. And you mentioned this at the very start, that even though uh, your home might be noisy and a little bit chaotic, the thing that you long for is for your family to experience peace. Mm. What do you mean whenever you say that? What does peace look like or feel like in your imagination or in the atmosphere of your home yeah one of my dreams for my family is that in years to come when the children are adults that we don't just like love each other we like each other yeah and in order for that to happen I think what that means is that people have to feel loved and accepted yeah and there's got to be as little as possible there's got to be a minimum of like that passive aggressive thing or sort of the unspoken yeah and the um the things we don't talk about sure and so what i mean by peace is that thing that happens when there's nothing between you. Right. And so sometimes peace looks like honest conflict resolution. Yeah. Sometimes peace looks like um, mommy and daddy having to apologize or acknowledge a harsh word spoken. Um, sometimes peace looks like letting something go. Yeah. Even when someone has sort of 
broken a big rule or something, showing mercy, showing grace. Sometimes peace is calling somebody on something and going, yeah, that's not okay. I wouldn't let anyone do that to you. So I'm not right. going to let you. But what it, for me, what it means is nothing between us. Yeah, it's good. Um, because I want my home to be a place where my kids feel like their souls can rest. Yes. And I think we all know what it feels like to go someplace and feel like you have to put on all the armor before you go in because it's tricky. Yeah. And those places will always exist in life. I don't want my home to be one of those places for my children. That's really good. And so I think sometimes we conflate peace with quiet. Yeah. We conflate peace with no conflict. Yes. But for me, it's, there's nothing between us that's eating away at our relationship. Mm. And, um, Everyone has space to say what they need to say. That's really important to me. That's really important to me. And it's something that I feel like, for me, Advent is one of those times where you recommit to a way of living. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like you rediscover what you actually want to be doing. Yes. Like your family values almost. Yes. For some reason, it's so easy to dream of the family you want to build at times like these. Right. You know? And... And that's just, that's just really important to me. I wanted to say something before we wrapped up, because something you said really, it it just reminded me that this time of year can be really stressful Mm. um, financially for a lot of families. And it's not like a keeping up with the Jones is stressful. It's that you, as parents, I think you do feel this and that I want to make it magical for them. These are the things that they want and I want to make it magical. And I just had this thought the other day um, for myself that the cool thing about being people of faith is we don't have to make magic. The magic is already here. It's really good. It's us helping them to discover it. Yes. And um, in in our family, we're very upfront with our kids. Uh, Can I get a new BMX Mountain bike, I don't even know if that's a thing, but those yeah, those phrases yeah. were spoken kind right. of in the same sentence. Yeah, so. yeah. And we'll say things like, no, that's not on the list of priorities or it's not in the budget. Sure. Or here's your budget. Here's what we're looking at. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, and it is okay to let your kids know that there's a limit Absolutely. to gift giving. Absolutely. <laughs> like, there's, Absolutely. There's a limit and there's nothing wrong with your limit. It's... It's actually a wonderful learning thing for them in life, you know, Um, it'll help them stay between the rails when they have to have a budget. It'll help set their expectations and also to help us all make Christmas a little bit bigger than the gifts we get. A hundred percent. You know, I think I I just think that's so, so important. Mm -hmm. Whenever I think of Advent, I always think of a line from Pearl Bart whenever he says, what other time or season will the church ever have the not of Advent? Mm. We find ourselves caught in the tension between the first arrival of Christ and the second arrival of Christ. And there's something about this season that trains us for what it looks like to be the people of God in every single moment of our yeah. lives. It is a it is a preparation moment. It's a training moment. It's a training season. And I think as we wrap this up, I think it's important for us just to highlight what we have been talking about, which is whether it is the practical things or the much deeper things within ourselves, the atmosphere of our home mm-hmm. or the atmosphere of our heart, what we have been talking about is that you just need to be really intentional. Yeah. 
all of this comes down to intentionality and we've talked about this whenever it comes to this book and the rhythm that we put in place it is an intentional rhythm but we would really encourage you as you listen to this conversation to also consider as we put these prayers these blessings these candle lighting moments into practice to also be intentional about the atmosphere of your heart yeah uh, what does it look like to be unhurried, to slow down, to practice the way of peace? But also what does it look like for you to be really intentional about the atmosphere of your home? And also to have a lot of fun with that with your kids of what music are we going to play? Or what does it look like to decorate the tree? Or what are we going to do whenever it comes to uh, just inviting people into our home and into this space? Yeah. It all comes down to intentionality. Yeah. In the next episode... We're going to, I guess, wrap up our conversation yeah. by looking at the feasting yes. that we get to look forward to whenever it comes to Christmas time. Um, so can I encourage you, if you want to follow along with this conversation, uh, do check out the Habits of the Home uh, webpage on our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com forward slash habits. There are still some of the books available in our venue or in our church office, so please do grab them. Uh, but Dana, thank you so much yeah, for today. Grace and peace to all of you and to your home.